Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. Thank you, Craig Federighi, for that introduction. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And this is our WWDC special event bonus episode of the podcast where we are recapping Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. Gabe, this event was packed. First of all, what is WWDC in a few sentences? And what were the key, I guess, topic highlights that we're going to talk about in this episode? So WWDC is Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. And this one was even more worldwide than usual because usually it takes place actually in a physical location, sometimes their headquarters or wherever. And because, you know, of COVID-19, they couldn't do that. So this one was virtual, online, and people all over the world are participating. And actually right now they're participating, but we're really talking about the event that always kicks off WWDC, the keynote event, which this one was really incredible. They took us through iOS 14, iPad OS updates, Mac OS updates, Apple TV updates, CarPlay. Uh, there was so many updates. I, I'm running out. I have to scroll down. Apple Pencil, AirPods, uh, HomeKit. I think that was it pretty much. Oh, and of course, the big only thing that was hardware, Apple Silicon. They're finally ditching Intel for their chips and their Macs, and they're making their own stuff, which was pretty much known before but yeah this this was chock-a-block full with updates stuff that we won't see till the end of the you know the fall but they are huge so let's start let's kind of go through the order that they went in right yeah so i think i mean to your point gabe this is a now a completely online and digital event opening up apple i think typically you have to pay to attend the developer conference and because it's online apple is opening this up for free for anyone who's interested and this is to kind of pulling together a huge community of developers. So that is really awesome. Uh, but yeah, let's dive into it. First up was iOS 14. Well, for, first up was they actually kicked it off right off the bat. Uh, you know, he had Tim Cook coming out and he sat down and he took a moment to talk about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the, how, the, how the black and brown communities are being treated in the U.S. and also COVID-19 and how, you know, Apple is really working to give money towards their developers and help fund developers of black and brown communities for apps. And it was, I really thought it was a, it was a good moment to do it. And it felt sincere, actually. It didn't feel like just some corporate, just, oh, let's, you know, get some good PR or something. I think it, it holds true. I mean, Tim Cook has consistently held this uh, sort of viewpoint. Of course, he is kind of part of minority group himself being gay. And I think uh, this really stands for what Apple believes. And I, I thought that was well articulated by Tim Cook at the beginning. And I actually loved how they reversed the camera where you had Tim on stage, and instead of the huge screen in the background, you had the whole empty audience with the lights. It was a really, really beautiful scene, and as you mentioned, brought up a really important... And I, I don't think this this was live, right? It was pre-recorded. Everything was pre-recorded. Yeah. I, I was wondering that too, but I mean, the transition... It was, it was too special, fancy to be live, yeah. It was, it was spectacular. No I mean, this is probably the best keynote I've ever seen, to be honest. It was for not being live and for not having that, yeah, live feeling and excitement it was somehow managed to be almost more awesome and more exciting. I agree. So what the first, yeah, the first awesome thing was iOS 14. Uh, I, I mean, there's so much new here. Gabe, should we just cover some of the highlight features that, that we noticed about these software improvements? Yeah, I think really t for people to get all the updates, they're going to have to go online, you know, look at the photos and everything. So let's just go over what we saw as the biggest update. Personally, I'll start because I thought this was huge. Well, Everything that you saw this year, it seemed like had already been done in Android a little bit, for one. Yeah, but, very Android-inspired, or even oh, uh, yeah. from the jailbreak community. Like, we've been doing this for a little while now, wow, too. Wow, we've been, you're, you're fully in now? I've, I've, I've been doing it. But yeah, what, what was the big thing for you? For me, the big thing was, of course, the widgets on the home screen and yes. the picture-in-picture -picture video. Oh my gosh. Basically, the, basically essentially multitasking, in a way. I don't think it's more. It's just widgets. Like that's what it is. No, Androids had well, widgets. The, well, it's multitasking in the sense that you can get information while kind of doing other things while scrolling across the screen. You can get widgets. Yeah. I mean, get information while watching a video. You can be using another app or something. So it's kind of the intro level of multitasking. Not quite like the dual screen, which Android has had at sometimes or in different phones, but it's very refined. It looks like. And yeah, in typical Apple fashion, they roll it out five years later, but <laughs> somehow do it a little better. It's beautiful. So what these app widgets are, 
are basically the widgets you see in, I believe Apple calls it the today view. It's yep. when you unlock your phone and you swipe over to the left and you basically get redesigned widgets that are a little bit more colorful, a little bit bolder, and you can essentially just tap and drag these out onto your regular home screen. The ones Apple showcases are typically weather, stocks, news, calendar, things like that. And you can resize these widgets to, it appears I'm seeing a two by two app uh, size, so a two by two grid, or a two by four, where it's a full width across your phone. And uh, these look beautiful. Gabe, what, I mean, what widgets are you most looking forward to putting on your home screen? Really, the the weather's the big one. Yeah, everyone, having... everyone loves weather. Yeah, it's really the ones that are, you never have to go into the app and do much anyways. It's just checking. So that's why Apple does showcase the stocks and the calendar. Because when you go into calendar, usually it's just like, all right, what's my thing for today? You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. super excited for calendar. I love just yeah. what's next, what's my big focus. I might even try and use notes, like try and put like a big focus for the day. Oh, yeah. And just like being able to see that and remind myself mentally of what, like, what am I focusing on for today? Well, the interesting thing was there, was it called the smart widget, I think? Basically, the one that you can kind of put at the top of your home screen and that will intelligently select what you need to see. So in the morning, for example, it could give you the weather or it could give you the news. And then at the end of the day, it might give you a rundown of your fitness from your Apple Watch. So it really gives you the info that it thinks you need. And knowing Apple, it's probably actually pretty accurate. It reminds me a lot of the Siri watch face currently available for watchOS users where the Siri watch face did the same thing. You get cycled through recommended uh, apps or utilities as you needed them. Yeah, that was I huge. Th I think they said that they learned from a lot of their designing for the Apple Watch because that's a small screen. They then took that that they had learned and then brought it to the iPhone. Yeah, that was great. Uh, what do you think about the app library? So this is ripped straight out of Android, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. No shame here. But they did it really uniquely in that you kind of get these little, it's almost like mini folders and they're intelligently created and curated in that, you know, you have your suggestions. Like that's honestly become more and more useful for me. But then you also have recent, you have then by, I think, category. It, it yeah, so they, they highlight recently added social entertainment, Apple Arcade creativity, games, things like that. And I love just the search functionality. Everything is alphabetized really making it easy to sort of find and organize your apps without having to spend the time to do it. So you just pick your favorite ones to throw on your home screen, and then you have your new app library for organizing everything. I think for me, one of the cooler features is uh, the incoming calls. Like you no longer have a uh, full interrupted, you're getting a call screen. You get a nice this little- is, This is on iPadOS and- iPhones or yep. the iOS 14. Yeah, this is this does look pretty cool. And I, oh, actually, Mac OS already just in the top little corner. So it basically kind of took that, brought it to your phones. I'm not sure if I love it on the phone because I kind of do want to see the full screen. It's funny you mentioned that. I frequently will screenshot a full screen call to create a thumbnail for my video just because I do cell phone plan reviews and I need yep. like something visual. And so now I'm just going to... I don't know. I'll figure it out. I imagine if your phone is locked, you'll still get that full screen call, like slide to answer. But if you're I wonder, unlocked, I, I wonder if they'll leave it as an, as an option though, too. Right. Well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, uh, do you have any other highlights from iOS 14? I mean, I feel like we've covered the biggest I design think the, changes. I think the two other big things, other than those Siri improvements that are going to be overall across the whole uh, iPad, platform. yeah, iPadOS, Mac, Mac OS, and everything, yeah. kind of where it's a more compact, less obtrusive form of Siri and obviously improved intelligence. But the two big things I also think, as a CarPlay user, I noticed they had some huge updates coming. Yeah. So the big one is wallpaper, of course, because... Really? You think that's big? <laughs> it's not really. I'm kind of kidding. But it is actually because up till now, you haven't been able to change the wallpaper at all. So... It's like going from iOS 1 to iOS 2 or whenever right? they introduce the, the wallpapers... Afterwards, yeah. you won't care down the road when they add a new wallpaper, but just right now, it's incredibly huge. No, the, the big thing is, of course, the fact that they have uh, EV charging, parking, and more apps coming, so new categories of apps, and the digital key, which unfortunately, I won't be able to take advantage of in my car, and most people won't, but coming, I think they said 2021, there will be cars that actually take advantage of having a digital key on your phone that uses NFC, where you can like walk up to your car, 
boop, get right in, set it down, start the car, or send your key to one of your friends so they could use your car. I thought kid or something. that was so cool. Sharing car keys without right. having to make copies of the key. No fear of losing the $100 key fob. And oh, I think it's so smart. The other big thing with that is even if your phone dies, the key unlock function will still work for up to five hours. That is incredible. I didn't yeah. hear them do say yeah, that. But. That was something I saw tweeted. And it's because I think the iPhone shuts down with still a little bit of battery left. This is like, you know, you can still power it on wow. to see the Apple logo. It's like, yep. you need to charge me. So it still has yeah. some battery. And the NFC reader is just so low power, they can continue to run that in the background. And I think... And, yeah, well, I was just going to say the other big thing. Sorry. Yeah, no, go for it. We'll see if they're app, the same. App Clips. Oh, I didn't have this. Gabe, tell me more about App Clips. What, what is this? So App Clips is... I'll, I'll, I'll put you in a situation, right? Like kind of a... All right, hit me. You know... Uh, have you been in this before type thing so you're out you know you park in a parking lot or you park in some a meter and you go to pay oh no it's an app meter only oh so shoot go, and then i gotta go right, download do I it i have that and you gotta go download it and you gotta, then you gotta find it in the app store you gotta create an account and then you gotta add your credit card oh and then, god right, now it's like 20 minutes 30 minutes you know, and it's just a pain. Or for a restaurant, for example, you want to order something. Or there's so many different reasons uh, and times that I've had this happen. Yeah, there's there's some restaurants annoyed. I wish I could just like try the app to order, but it's too much of a hassle. So I just go up and like, well, oh, I'll do it next I, I, time. Fa famously, I have I think a whole folder of about 20 apps for restaurants. I actually have created accounts on, gone through the pain. Granted, I have a password manager, so it's not that hard. But still, it takes some time. And now with app clips, for example, say you wanted to rent a bike or you wanted to rent a scooter using like Lime scooters or something. I remember when I was abroad, I had to get like Voy, uh, Evolve. Like I got five different scooter apps to try out yeah. all the different scooters. Or even like in some cities where they have metros or uh, public transit that uses an app, you could quickly tap something, a QR code or an NFC thing uh, that is right there. It will quickly download less than 10 megabytes, uh, this little app clip that is just basically a portion of the app uh, in some way, and it will sign you in with Apple and use Apple Pay, so you don't have to do any sign up or put in payment in info, and it will quickly get you to the part of the app that you need to use, and let you just go on with your day and not have to spend a ton of time. So I think that as far as usability and something that doesn't really seem like a huge feature, but I guarantee two three years from now is going to be people will be like, how could you have gone back to the ways of old? Like, yeah, this is game changing. I completely agree. The last feature I want to bring up for iOS is secretly on one of the slides Apple dropped in. You can now set default apps. Let that yep. sing. Default I saw apps. This email and web browser. That's it. Well, the funny thing is, every web browser on mobile is Safari with a different skin on it, as yeah, we discussed true. in our browser review. But, but still, I mean, this is just a huge convenience. Like, you get all your bookmarks, you get to use everything in one place. It is so, so nice. And that, for me, is iOS. Do yeah, we... there's a couple more updates of stuff like, you know, Maps, but that's really all of Maps. Uh, but, yeah, check it out online on their website. Next is iPad OS. I'm going to let you take the reins on this because you own an iPad Pro, and I yeah. feel like you're more in with, like, what's going on there. I wish this update had come out like four years ago when I was in college. This looks like the perfect update for college students. The big news here, in my opinion, is the Apple Pencil support. So Apple has gotten so much smarter with recognizing handwritten text. You can now select your handwriting, move it around, select individual words or sentences. You can now create additional space for more handwriting content. So it's like you have a piece of paper and you fill it up and you're like, oh shoot, I need to add something at the top of this. Well, now you can just whoop, move it down. And yeah, you can also do some really cool things where you can scratch to erase words, you can circle to select words, and you can automatically create common shapes. So squares, stars, triangles, hexagons, great for geometry, straight lines, double arrows. I mean, this I wonder, is- I wonder how far they're gonna take it. Like, is you know, there's that Google tool that you can kind of draw anything in it'll automatically recognize and yeah like i wonder if they'll ever get to that level of being able to draw stuff oh we're just gonna have to try it out and see and the other cool thing is you know you're using your apple pencil it's kind of a hassle all right let me switch to my keyboard or or do something like that 
and excuse me, I got a no- notification go off. But the other from big Apple, thing, of <laughs> yeah, from Apple, yeah, um, is you can hand write in any text field, and the iPad will automatically convert it to typed text. Isn't that cool? So you can I like, saw, yeah, they had like Safari, like you could just write in the Safari search bar or something. Exactly, exactly. And this is, I while probably much slower than typing, it's such a cool way to interact with your iPad and it brings a whole new experience. The other big things is you get a better search experience, doesn't take up, well, it kind of takes up the whole screen, but you you still can see where you are, it doesn't have that blurred background. And uh, you also get the updated widget design. I think that that's pretty much all I had for uh, the iPad OS. I mean, yeah, I thought it really kind of looked a lot like Mac OS even more. Basically, that was my summary was looks even more like Mac OS. The big thing is they have more distinct sidebars and kind of in, in Mac OS, you get a menu bar at the top and Apple kind of uh, it took inspiration from that with more condensed drop down menus in apps like the files app, for example. Yep. Uh, so yeah, let's move on now to this was the next thing they talked about, which I thought was pretty exciting. I don't have the AirPods Pro, but I have the AirPods. So they talked about AirPods, yeah. not actual new AirPods, but actual There's... software. Because you may forget about, it, but there is a lot of software in those AirPods that are helping them do all the things they do. And notably, they're going to get a lot smarter in the sense that, say, you're using your iPhone and listening to some music, and then you're like, "Oh, I want to watch this video on my iPad or on my Mac." it will automatically switch to that device. And then so you can get the audio right from that, which is, I, I, I've personally had that issue a ton where I'm like, okay, now I got to turn off the Bluetooth on my phone, go turn on the Bluetooth and select it on my Mac. Yeah, this is just, again, one of those ease of use things, which will make the whole process and experience of using AirPods 20,000 times easier. It's the dream. All I it's need also, now. Also, it's a first world problem of having too yeah. many devices that you're switching in between with AirPods. Oh, gosh. My, I, my struggles. But what I need now is for Apple to release over-the-ear headphones. Could you well, imagine? Well, I think this is this is kind of setting the stage for that, I think, right? Oh, I'm so excited. You're absolutely correct. I mean, getting that immersive sound experience with over-the-ear headphones, the seamless switching. What else is coming with audio that we should well, be excited about? That's what I was going to say. Setting the stage. Ooh. Ooh, right? Ooh. Uh, with AirPods Pro, they are now introducing spatial audio. What? Yeah. So what this is essentially is say you're listening to uh, you know, a movie or TV show and it has 7.1 or Dolby surround sound or you're playing a game that has really immersive sound, that can actually be placed in space so that if you turn right or left, the sound will actually stay in its place using the gyroscopes and stuff in the uh, AirPods to sense where your head's turning. And for example, though, if you may- maybe you-, you turn your phone though, it will actually stay locked on your phone. Right, I think yeah. that's what the basic understanding was. It's so if basically you're a, if you're in a plane or something, it's not gonna, and the plane turns, it's not gonna be going all over the place. Exactly. What has me excited about this is this is basically the same tech that Sony is using for their 3D audio for the PS5, which makes me believe this could be a bigger deal than we think. 3D audio is here to stay. Yeah, that we, that's I the next think, big breakthrough. I think it is gonna be the next big breakthrough. I'm really hopefully, excited. Hopefully they do kind of an open protocol or open, uh, you know, so it's not pr- proprietary of, oh, we use this one 3D audio software for our stuff. And, you know, it just makes it hard to switch in between. Right. We want it easy for developers so they can take advantage of and we get a better audio experience. I think that was audio, right? That's Yeah, that was pretty much it for audio. I think then they went on to watch OS, which again, I still don't have an Apple watch. But after Gabe, today, yeah, what after ooh, today, at least one. My two big complaints up till now, I've said it a couple times, has been the battery life, which they didn't really address. Obviously, they can't because that's more hardware. But the other thing was sleep tracking wasn't included natively. And as of when watchOS uh, 7 comes out, it will be here. I personally was pretty impressed with it. They didn't really do much details on the actual tracking itself, but it seemed it was going to be very much like what Fitbit does. Uh, however, it was focused more on integrating with your phone so you can kind of set a bedtime and then it will kind of your phone will go to do not disturb, run you through a bedtime cycle and then start the tracking type thing. Yeah. So it has a dedicated wind down, which is what you were talking about, where you kind of can launch specific apps, meditation app, a sound uh, ambient sound app, for example. And then you also get your your sleep tracking. And this is using data from the accelerometer 
and from your heart rate to gather sleep data when you fall asleep, when you're in deep sleep, and it pulls this into Apple Health so you can uh, better understand your sleep patterns, develop healthier habits, and wake up feeling more refreshed and energized in the morning. I have been focusing on this myself actually using a different sleep app, and I'm starting to notice as I've been getting gradually more consistent, I'm starting to sleep better. So my, my going to bedtime has been a little bit more consistent. My waking up time has been a little bit more consistent. And I think this is something that is thrown away when you're in college, like you just do college. And I think it deserves a little bit more attention. So I'm really happy to see this update coming to Apple Watch. Yeah, and this, I mean, this is one of the two things. So if we get a better battery life with, I guess, what would be Apple Watch 6 in the fall, I might be getting I, an Apple Watch. I think battery life is plenty good as is. My Series 3 easily lasts a day. Yeah, and... but now that you're going to be charging it, or I guess you're already not charging it at night, you're wearing it. So. Yeah, my, we'll have to see. My sleep takes up about 13% battery from when I go to bed to when I wake up. Yep. And I just throw it on the charger for a few minutes. Well, what else are we going to be getting with uh, OS? Watch OS Well, along 7. with sleep tracking, we're getting even better activity tracking. So Apple introduced some new featured workouts, including functional strength training, core training, cool downs, and dance. This is kind of exciting. I, I think people are going to really enjoy the dance workout. And sometimes when you start a workout, you'll get a little notification like, are you working out? And that'll be fun. Uh, and the fitness app got some updates, better design. It incorporates these new workouts. And of course, you can share a healthy rivalry with your friends by competing in activity competitions. That is something I'm missing with Fitbit. I don't have many friends that have a Fitbit. So. Ooh, ooh, that is a little disappointing. And I yeah. think, uh, Gabe, you, you actually, I saw you tweeted this. Of course, with COVID going on, we want to be more mindful about uh, doing a particular activity. And it looks like this is now tracked in Apple Watch. What is it? This is hand washing. And I do want our podcasters to tweet at me if they remember me saying this. But I'm pretty sure on a previous episode, I mentioned that I thought that smartwatches should be tracking when people wash their hands. And Apple's not quite doing this. It's not saying like, oh, you reminding you to wash your hands, like you haven't washed in so long or something. But what it is doing is when you go to wash your hands, it is sensing that that you're moving your hands in that motion and the sound of water, and it will then start a 20-second timer, essentially, so that uh, you will be able to, you know, keep instead of singing happy birthday, uh, you can actually just get a little buzz on your wrist when you're done washing it. Now, one thing, <laughs> I saw a great tweet by someone saying that, Apple, um, they said the new feature from Apple that tracks hand washing supposedly detects a lot of rapid hand motion and a uh, squishing sound. And it's like, and they said, you might want to turn that off before you do a certain activity or just try to get it in within the 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, really so funny. it was a pretty good tweet. Thank you for sharing who it that. was to credit that to them. But yeah, that was, I think that was, you didn't get a watch face store is one thing I heard people were looking towards. Right. Well, what's interesting is, well, I guess one, one last point for the hand washing is you can get a reminder to wash your hands when you return home. That's the only yes, time you true. will be able to get that reminder. And uh, regarding watch faces, we actually didn't see any new watch faces, but we but did mean, get some watch face updates. Yeah, you can customize them, right? Isn't that the thing? Well, what happens is previously uh, you could have an app and you would have a complication from that app on your watch face. But no, and oh wait, but explain complication. That's a complication not like something is, that goes wrong. It's like a a little widget. So yep. let's say you have a weather app. You would have on your watch. It's called a complication, and it's just a little section of the watch face that would display the weather information from that weather app. And previously, that app was limited to one sort of area. You can only have it in one spot. Now you can have it in multiple spots, and you can customize the information that app presents. Apple used an example of a baby tracking app. So you could track when your baby was up, when it's nap time, and other aspects uh, around that. And imagine if you had maybe a weather app or something, you could track uh, sunrise, sunset, high and low of the day, and basically get different data points of information from the same app all displayed on one watch face. The other thing we got was the ability to share watch faces. So you can design and customize your own watch face. You can share it with your friends and family. You can download watch face setups from online and if you don't have an app that is used in the watch face apple will automatically prompt you to install it if you wish 
And I thought that was a cool, clever way to promote apps in their app store and boost the app ecosystem. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, overall, there wasn't really, I, I didn't think, big features other than really the sleep tracking and the fitness, but... Uh, I guess Siri did get some minor updates. Yeah. You can do translations on device and you get on device dictation. So you don't actually have to be connected to anything. Slightly bigger. I don't know. I've just, again, it was two main things I thought personally. And then there was a bunch of other stuff so that they could fill out that page of the new updates. Yeah, they had to like figure out a few things. Either but, way, I think this is this is a really great update it's for a strong watch up, I don't think it's quite as strong as OS 6 though. I think that was a lot more features added personally in my opinion yeah i think you're right you, know, with you that. got the, the, the audio hearing thing and all that I, different things i still think this update though is kind of me making uh, making me want a new watch so and, you can get all the new updates right yeah all the new updates and uh so i can get all the new watch faces um yeah because i'm, well, I'm in an older gen that doesn't have maybe new we'll ones both be on that new watch train come yeah fall. Maybe we will. Uh, Let's move on, though. Moving on. Yeah, the next thing. One big thing that Apple continually stresses, privacy, right? It's true. They had a huge section dedicated on privacy. Yes, and it was an incredibly epic intro with, what is it, Carl, say his name, Carl Figurini? Craig? Craig Figurini? Craig Figurini? Uh, Yeah, I can't say his his name. (sighs) Uh, You'll have to say it whenever I need you to. So he came into the room and, like, completely shadowed, backlit, and then it like walks up epically, and then it's like privacy. It, you know, like it's just very epic. Uh, anyways, sidetrack there. But yeah, they talked about privacy. One of the big things they're doing is trying to disclose when your data is being used by apps and how it's being used. What kind of they said like a nutrition logo or a nutrition graphic on the side of food. You'll get that in the app store, and it'll let you know how it's being used, what they're using, and who they're sharing it with. Uh, also in Safari, it's going to be able to let you know. Uh, where your data is being used, how, what sort of trackers are going on, which will notably sets, and you let me know this, that it's kind of screwing Google a little bit. Absolutely. They're actually blocking Google Analytics, which is a known tracker in almost all websites right now. But to some degree, it is kind of a privacy breach. Like uh, Users aren't necessarily agreeing to sharing that information, but Google is still collecting it. So do you think this is, is this the end, start of the end of Google? Like when... Absolutely Companies not. as big as Apple start implementing things that will block their tracking and ability to serve ads. There are other forms of analytics that are available, and I I think the sheer volume of users, even if you don't have necessarily the data from Apple devices or Apple users, you can still get powerful information from all the other users on your site. And many people will still continue to use Chrome as their default browser. But, but the question is how many people will... <sighs> or how many companies will start to implement similar features as Apple, right? That's a great question. I think Apple is positioning themselves as a privacy first company because they don't need to sell your data to make money. Like you buy their products, True. you get that experience. I think a company like Google, for example, is going to have a much harder time getting people to believe that they're privacy focused when they're the ones making the tools that track right. all of the data. Yeah, that does make sense. Uh, the other big thing for privacy was whenever your microphone or your camera is used, there's going to be a little dot near your network signal that will light up so you can be aware of that, kind of like what you get on your webcam on your computer. And yeah, that's kind of helpful, uh, as well as location tracking, which will make it so it's not as exact. Yeah, you have the uh, option. Basically. This is great for weather apps, for example, yep. where they don't need yeah. your exact address. Yeah, the weather to... channel doesn't need to know uh, where I am down to the centimeter. One, like... two, three, Main Street. All right, we got them. Oh, like the weather's going to be so different from one to four. Thank you very much, guys. So yeah, that was privacy. Again, like you said, Apple positioning themselves well ahead and separate from people like Facebook, Google, and other uh, companies that profit off your data as a company that really is giving you an experience where your data is, is well protected. I think next I had tvOS, but I yeah, honestly... Yeah, tvOS, kind of they focused on the home altogether, which was centered around tvOS. So the big thing they started off with was a smart home. Notably, I was excited to see the fact that they were bringing some updates with cameras and smart lights so you can change colors of smart lights using HomeKit, which is great because if you have Philips Hue and stuff, you know, you you could turn it on and off and do some basic stuff. But yeah, it was really limiting. And so now the fact that you can, you know, quickly change colors and stuff right in HomeKit, that's great. You can you the, can still do that. You can yeah. change colors. Yeah, but it's it's like more I think it's it's better integrated basically. Yeah. It is. And uh, my big thing is adaptive lighting. 
Yes, yeah. Explain that, please. The lights will adapt as the day goes on. So you wake up and it's kind of a warmer color temperature. Then midday, the sun is bright, it's shining. So the lights mirror that and they have a cooler, bright temperature. And then in the evening, the sun sets, everything gets warm and relaxed. So your lights follow suit. They have a warmer tone, it's more relaxed. Uh, more of a nice warm amber color that helps you ease into the evening. My lights are just purple 24-7. So. <laughs> Game burning, ruining your sleep patterns. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Other, yeah. The other thing I said, cameras, though. That is cool because now you can pull up on your TV. Say you have a security camera, Nest Cam. I don't know what else, whatever cameras you have, Ring Camera, Doorbell. You can pull that right up on your TV or on your phone and take a look, see what's there, see if the delivery man's outside with your package or with your food which is really great because you can do that right now on uh, Chrome and or not Chromecast, sorry. Yeah, Chromecast and Fire OS as well as their little, what are those, smart little screens. Uh, the home you know, hubs. The home hubs, yeah, those things. So Apple bringing that is really great because so many people have Apple devices in some way that now you can integrate better with your smart home, which I think that was another thing they stressed is better integration and things working together more cohesively We'll have to see if they walk the walk and talk the talk. Like, are they willing to work with these companies or are they just saying that? But yeah, as someone who also has many smart devices, it can be a pain. You know, it really can. And sure. at the top, I liked how they added a new section where you can easily monitor the status of certain elements. So if you leave and you arrive at work, you can check your phone and be like, oh man, I forgot to lock the door. Boom, let me tap that, lock the door, turn the lights off, maybe close the garage door. I'd like if you yeah. if you did that you forgot to do everything but now you just have a quick section right at the top to monitor those things rather than, rather than hunting through exactly you know, and also as part of the integration with the video feed Apple is implementing facial recognition so if you have a friend at the door they the app can recognize that from your photos and say hey this person's at the door and you can also select areas for the camera to focus on and only alert you if someone walks in those areas. For example, if you have a house right in front of a busy street and people walk down the sidewalk, you don't need those kinds of notifications. So you can set it only if someone like walks on your yard or on your path uh, that you'll get a little. I, I wonder how quickly and how many camera companies will be kind of adopting, like will it require them to do a lot of work to to like integrate with Apple? Because a lot of camera companies do already have this. For example, like Nest, which is owned by Google, right? Ooh, they already have the ability to twist. add activity zones and notifications and, and even recognize faces potentially. So will they be adding the features and the code that it could integrate with Apple? Or will they be saying, ah, well, maybe you just get the basic stuff. It sounded like Apple was actually working well together with the smart home stuff. Because I think that's what we hope. Yeah, the smart home future really depends on everyone working together to make that happen. So I'm optimistic. Yep. I think those were the big items I had for the for the smart home stuff and yeah. Apple TV. Well, Apple TV, I think the other big thing was that you're going to get picture in picture like you're going to get with iPad OS and iOS. You're going to get multi-user support for gaming and Xbox compatibility or Xbox controller compatibility. And then the last big thing was kind of a tease on Apple TV Plus that they're bringing this show by, I think his name is Isaac Asimov. I know this is a tiny thing. But as someone personally who was uh, into computer programming in class, uh, I mean, in college, sorry, and loves sci-fi, they are now, the fact that they're bringing this TV show, it's by Isaac Asimov called Foundation. Uh, and it looks really cool. It looks Basically, phenomenal. The little tagline is, Foundation chronicles a band of exiles on their monumental journey to save humanity and rebuild civilization amid the fall of the Galactic Empire. Classic yeah. plot This guy line. is like the OG sci-fi writer from before any sci-fi writer you knew so yeah a little tease of apple tv plus will be interesting to see if they keep giving out free subscriptions to it or if come november they're like all right time to pay the piper let's right. see let's see if you guys keep keep subscribed now that you have to actually pay it's true i feel like they were able to grow their user base so quickly because so many people just got the new iphones and boom that subscription apple or TV mac plus, or ipad or whatever it's just included with that I'm, oh, I'm yeah. curious too if that'll continue. If suddenly I'll be paying the five ninety nine or ten ninety nine a month, however much. I it think is. it's four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Right? Yeah, that's not yeah. bad at all. Well, one thing we didn't see that we thought we would see was a bundle of the Apple services. That's at least true. didn't see that announced. Now that could come later in the year or in their fall events, but for the time being, no mention of that. I think next we had Mac OS. Yeah, this was thing. really their final thing. Was focusing on the Mac, the computer, the thing that started it off. So 
the big announcement was drumroll the title of mac os as drummed up by their crack marketing teams i love that yeah they made so many jokes about jokes about them uh getting high in their van and oh my god oh they were probably somewhere on the california coast because they went with big sir yeah i think that's a that's a good name it's a i mean they're running out of eventually you know californian landmarks so what what do we think they're going to go with next is it thing we're going to take a second to predict uh, i think it's really hard they went so they went cats right it was cats and then, and it then was... they did maverick for which was a weird one that's nothing and but then, then they I, went then to they did the, yeah the the parks and locations in california yeah so that's it what do they do next do they do aquatic life of some sort i don't know it doesn't have the same like dolphin doesn't have the same uh, ring to it do they do names of bacteria maybe that could be kind of cool i don't know the, n- no doubt their crack marketing team will think of it eventually when they have to when they run out of parks california however california is one of the biggest states in the u.s and has tons of parks and cool uh geo locations and names so i think they probably could be uh you know quite set for a while i think you're right gabe and i mean let's just talk about this i'm curious so with mac os Big Sur, you got a pretty big redesign of all the Apple stock applications. And when I say redesign, I specifically mean the app icons. How do you feel about the new app icons? That's my question. I honestly didn't look too much at the app icons. Oh, I got no. sidetracked at other stuff that they were. Well, I guess the about. other stuff is more exciting. To me, it's like this weird. They went for a very flat look in iPhone and iOS 14 and honestly, basically since iOS 7. And for uh, macOS Big Sur, they copied the square circular app design, but they used 3D shapes in the app icons. So like messages has a like a pearly shape and the message bubble has a deep shadow and FaceTime has shadows and depth. And it's like this confusing design language to me. I don't know. I, I don't think I like them, but I there are many things I do like about macOS Big Sur. Uh, the first one being the super clean redesign. The apps kind of more similarly resemble the iPad apps, uh, which is great. And they have more space. Buttons kind of fade in when you need them and disappear when you don't need them. So it's a visually clean look. And yeah, overall, there's just greater design consistency. There's a new notification center. There's a new control center for... Uh, getting all your quick settings. Yeah, I mean, this is just a really nice, fresh update for Mac, I feel like. Well, I think you're going to have to redo your Safari review or your browser showdown, right? Because I know, Gabe, you're right. It's getting completely overhauled. They're saying it's going to load 50% faster than Chrome, the pages. Uh, and it's going to have that privacy report that we talked about earlier. Uh, extensions are getting a huge update where they're going to be better integrated but also have more control over the privacy and what data they're getting yeah really a lot of stuff in safari apple maps interestingly they took time to talk about that on the mac computer because like who really ever has used apple maps i've used it a couple times because it's faster to open the maps app than it is to open a chrome window and then i know but but google maps is so much better i mean they did say they were working to improve apple maps including adding cycling and EV charging stations routing for when you're setting your directions and stuff. But really, if I'm using on a computer, I'm usually doing research, you know, trying to look for a location, scouting, and use like Google Photos or and Google or Google Maps Photos. Sorry. Yeah, and those are their, great. And their, uh, you know, their cars that they send around or whatever, Street View, uh, really is far superior to Apple at this point. It's true. I'm optimistic though. I do love the changes. I love the cycling directions. It'll tell you elevation changes if you need to carry your bike and things like that. Uh, But yeah, the new Safari looks honestly great. I love the new tab design. I love the cleaner look and layout. I love the customizable launch or home launch screen. New, like, what do they call it? They have start page. You have a customizable start page. Again, with custom wallpapers. They seem to be into the wallpapers this time around. Uh, they get a t- uh, privacy report, translations. It's and, just and messages gets a revamp. Yeah, nice. what was messages missing before that it finally has? So it gets your, I think the animojis, right? Yep. Well, I think it's memojis. Whatever they're called, e- memojis. Sorry, emojis. Sorry, emojis is. Uh, you what have is to that? have Snapchat? the 
no, Memojis is the animated blobs that you make with oh, right. a Face Sorry. ID compatible phone. Too many different versions of emojis and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, you're getting that. You're also getting uh, the fact that yeah, Android, I think, wait, can you actually get SMS on your messages on your computer? This is actually just a question. Yeah. Because I, for some reason, don't get my ones from friends who have Androids and stuff. Oh, no, you totally can't. Have you turned uh, on message forwarding? Uh, maybe that's what I got to do. Okay. Well, moving <laughs> on. Yeah. After the podcast, some quick tech help with Gabe. Uh, yeah. The other big thing, I guess while we're talking about messages, this is for all devices. You can now pin conversations. You now have inline replies for group conversations. You can set group photos. You can have mentions, so you can mention someone directly in a group yeah, chat. Yeah, that's big, I think. And you can search for trending GIFs and images instantly in the Messages app. It's uh, It's a pretty solid update. The biggest thing for me, improved search. Message search has been notoriously yep. bad. Hopefully it works now. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, but now, now the big thing for Mac, right? <laughs> no, I we, we're not doing another drum roll. Uh, uh, the right. big thing was the hardware, not the software actually for Mac, because they're now switching, as we said, to Apple-developed silicone, Apple chips. They did this on iPhone. They did this on iPad. Now's the time for it to happen on Mac. And yeah, what does this even mean? Great question. So what is happening right now is Apple is switching to its own ARM processor. Now, you might be thinking, all right, what is an ARM processor? Yeah, I was thinking that. So ARM is a type of processor architecture. It's based on what's called RISC, or Reduced Instruction Set Computer. And this is an architecture developed by Advanced RISC Machines, which is where you get that ARM abbreviation. What this instruction set is, is it reduces the instructions required for the processor. This, in turn, reduces the number of transistors you need. It improves the speed and performance of the chips. It reduces the power consumption. It reduces complexity. And overall, it provides a faster, more optimized, uh, and better experience for the users. These ARM processors have been used in mobile devices for a long time in iPhones, in iPads, and on, it's the same architecture used in many Android phones. And in Apple's case, this is the first time they are developing their own ARM processor for Mac. And what makes this huge is the possibility of Apple improving the speed, performance, and battery life for their laptops, their uh, MacBooks, and then just improving the power and performance of their desktop computers. I'm, I'm yeah. super excited. I mean, what was your reaction when you saw this? I, my mind was blown. I was so excited. Well, the big thing for me is I, I think what it's going to enable. So besides just, you know, it being easier for developers to develop uh, for it and better performance, you're also going to be able to run iPad and iPhone apps natively right on your device, right? Like, that's, that's incredible. Huge. That I mean, yeah, You granted, how many people are actually going to do that, right? It's not fit for the right format well, of screen and stuff, but... I think this it opens up an interesting can of worms where Apple may actually be the biggest competitor to Nintendo Switch right now, where suddenly all the Apple Arcade games will be able True. to run natively on a Mac and on yeah, Apple TV. But will they be optimized as far as control scheme? So that's the Probably that's not. The thing. But I, yeah. I think it's like this cool cross-platform idea where you get your favorite apps right at your fingertips, whatever device you're using. It could be cool. Uh, notably, they are being smart and really putting an emphasis on how they're, you know, helping developers get their apps to the Mac OS new uh, silicone setup, right? So they are releasing an app called, I think, Rosetta 2, right? Yep, Rosetta, Rosetta 2. Yeah, Rosetta 2 that will basically, I think it's just helping them kind of convert apps into uh, the new, whatever the new language is essentially that's running. Yeah, so it's on the app installation. If it, yep. the app isn't natively supported, that's when Rosetta 2 will be run, and it will just convert it during the installation process. When you go to launch it, everything will just work. Yeah, and this is all part, I think, of the initi initiative. No, that's Project Catalyst was last year. What's the new initiative that they're calling? It? I forget what it is, but there, there's a bunch of different ways that they're basically trying to help make this rollout as smooth as possible. These new Macs won't start coming out until later this year. I think they said the first ones are going to drop, though they did release an, kind of like a Mac mini version that has it now for developers. But yeah, you won't be able to expect this. Probably, 
until the fall or even next year where you'll see it in the new iMacs, which unfortunately we didn't see, and the new MacBook Pros or MacBooks. What I thought was interesting is Apple said that there would be a new Mac device. Like that wasn't, com- yeah, yeah, that that wasn't, wasn't using these new processors. Yeah, I was like, whoa, soon. hold on a second. Why would you do that? And then so, there will be- What do you be- think that's gonna be? Do you think that's gonna be a new iMac and then- I do, I do think it's a new iMac because I mean, as we discussed, the ARM processors are basically optimized for mobile. So I think yeah. it would make sense for them to transition fully into mobile and then the desktop, like sneak out another desktop before they can really ramp up the power for desktop True. computers. Yeah, that does make sense, I guess. It was interesting seeing them talk about some of the apps that are more you know, creator heavy or uh, processing heavy, like Adobe apps or even Final Cut Pro X and how those they're really working to get running natively on these uh, new chips. Do I was think- looking at... The update, hold on, the big update for me for Final Cut Pro X, as someone who edits a lot of videos for mobile and vertical videos, you know, for Instagram uh, TV or Snapchat or TikTok, the big thing is now that it can uh, intelligently sense where it should crop. So if you have a horizontal video, for example, of someone walking down the street or of your cat or something, it can now be like, all right, this is where I need to crop to stay, and it can follow exactly where it needs to to follow the, um, the person or whatever the subject is and the uh, activity on your video, which is, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see how good it is, granted. But if that could, you know, speed up the process of, you know, editing a horizontal video to vertical, that'd be huge. Do you think we'll see these creative apps come to iPad? Because my understanding is Apple is using the A12Z chip for their demo computers. You mean, you mean, would we see Final Cut Pro? Yeah. Do you think it'll come to iPad? Potentially, but the thing that is big is will, like, the control thing. I, I guess iPad does now have a trackpad. Has a trackpad and, and keyboard. Keyboard, so. And it's got it's the a files lot more out. possible. So maybe, but I don't know. I, that's, the I, problem I'd is wait and see on that. The Final Cut libraries get huge in size yeah. with all the rendering that happens, so. I, yeah. I don't think it's a good, it wouldn't be a good experience, even if it did happen. I think they'll stick with iMovie for now. Uh, but yeah, I think we'd most likely, do you think it'd be the same app they'd roll out if they went Final Cut to uh Yeah, iPad? there might be some limitations. Or do you but think, I think it'd be it'd a be, different iPad app? I think it'd be pretty similar, to be honest. Hmm. Well, that'll be interesting to see. They did also show Adobe products running that looked like incredibly smooth, yeah. given how many uh, layers and effects they had on. But yeah, also uh, the interesting thing is the fact that they introduced compatibility with uh, um, running virtual machines of Linux. Apple's actually, I think, been known for having Linux compatibility in that sense. Well, I have a friend who's very into Linux, and he has always told me, yeah, you can dual boot a Mac uh, with Linux or something like that if you want to play around with it. But this is important because now you're actually able to run, you know, without breaking any warranties or, you know, hacking in, essentially. (laughs) You're allowed to with Apple built-in support to work on from a server, basically, because that's what the problem that people run into is servers are almost always running and the cloud basically runs on Linux. So Apple recognizing that said, hey, we're going to build in the compatibility and the ability to you know, work through our software on the computer and work with this, which, yeah, big ups to them actually finally getting on board with this. It's true. I think it was a big announcement. I think developers everywhere were thrilled and something other, another interesting note I would have is that when you're looking at the Big Sur screenshots, the interface, and things like that, it looks like everything has been spaced out more, almost as if it was designed for touch. So, oh, I wonder. Would you want touch screen max? Oh or? yeah, hundred percent. There were some times. So I, after I, I got know. my after I got my iPad Pro. There were many embarrassing times when you go to touch your when Mac. I went to touch my Mac after okay. I went back and it's just like this I didn't think it was before but now yep. that I'm experienced it just it's so natural it should be absolutely I guess I can kind of see it but I I don't know then it just means more fingerprints on the screen and stuff That's what I thought but I was like it's so it worth it whatever Okay I'll I'll take your word for it and maybe we will see cuz yeah it is definitely more spaced out but yeah, I mean, was that pretty much it for this event? I think so. That is what I had. Those are the things I noticed. I think that was, yeah, that's everything. So yeah, there was surprisingly, we did think we were going to get a new iMac or some new hardware. 
didn't see that surface, so that's a little bit of a disappointment, I guess. But overall, what is what would you rate this event? I would rate this almost 10 out of 10. I honestly think Apple listened. Really? Oh, yeah. I thought the presentation, the execution of the video it was engaging. It was well thought out. I felt like they were listening to their customers. Even if it was years later, they were delivering the features everyone wanted. I thought it was great. I think Apple's going to have a really strong lineup this fall with their new devices and their new software launching for a I'd, whole I'd give it host. 9 out of 10, I think. Okay. I don't think it was perfect because they didn't they they didn't quite have the they didn't announce a drone or that's, the yeah the drone that's the, that's every event gets a nine out of ten that's the max for me unless they announce a drone no I I thought presentation wise yeah everything you mentioned this is a ten out of ten the only thing was I maybe the rumors it's their fault for the rumors for getting ahead but it that just it set me up my expectations a little higher for what we were gonna see you wanted to see didn't. hardware I wanted to see a little hardware I know this is a you know predominantly software event hence. WWDC. Well, we did see hardware, Gabe. We saw their developer uh, developer kit, kit. for yeah. uh, transitioning to the ARM. But or I would have liked to see the the cloud subscription thing. Would've yeah. Been nice. All right. Sure. All right. There's a uh, couple what of things. I'm most impressed about is this software is supported on devices that launched in 2015. It goes all the way back to the iPhone 6s and 6s Plus, even back to the first generation iPhone SE and the iPod Touch 7th generation. Wow. That is impressive. That Props is really to Apple, impressive. I guess, for doing that. Granted, some of the features won't be available, right? We don't know for sure. I think in the, in the past, out. that's kind of what they've done, is they've disabled, you know, some, maybe it's the... Well, for some of them, you do need hardware, like Face ID for the Well, no, but like, like the, you know, how you can change frame rate in the oh. camera app. Oh, yeah, on, that's not or, a software thing. Yeah, that's no, a, yeah, that's right. A new not at all. That, that's a hardware thing. Yeah, Jeez. sure. But right. I think either yeah. way, that's going to be it. That was Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. You can follow us at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Twitter, at Pinch to Zoom Podcast on Instagram, and be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Helps support the show. And that's going to be it. I'm Stetson. I'm Big Sir Gabe, and we look forward to talking to you in the next regularly scheduled episode. Will you be running the iOS 14 beta? No. That's my question. Wow, no. that was instant. You don't even think uh, about it. Okay, I'd be more likely to run the iOS 14 beta, but even that, I use my phone. I, well, maybe I'd be more likely to run the iPad OS beta on my iPad. Wait, you don't have a second? Oh. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, this isn't. Sorry, wait, Setson, you're in a so different world. Everyone does not have more than one phone.